0: Board. I thought I've got a double microphone, one here, one here, that well <laughs> double anointing. Uh, so I thought i would got something sneaky prepared, but I don't want to come and uh, uh, answer a lot of questions that no one's asking. So I'll open up for a Christian answer sometimes after after this. But I just thought to share just an encouraging message. See, God being the God of the underdog. And um, uh, you, anyone read about the story of Nehemiah? and the fellow Nehemiah in the Old Testament, and he had a job to do. God called him to do a job, he was to build the walls around the city. And then the next fellow was Ezra, and he had to build the temple, rebuild the temple. So the the walls first, then the temple. So God's got a plan. He he, he wants to build stuff, but he says I do it in a in a sequence in, in sequence. Yeah? And and the fellow Nehemiah, if he if he walked off the job halfway through, he says then. Ezra couldn't complete his mahi from one generation to another, one generation to another, one generation to another. And as a generation, what you are building now in the spirit, what you are building through the ministry of, of kapahaka in the house it's more than kapahaka, much more. But the ministry that you are building now is a foundation for the next generation. And don't walk off the job halfway through. Because God can do anything and God wants to do great things. God has wanted to move through this nation 30 years ago he wanted to move. He wanted to move. And my generation, I'm a baby boomer and uh, I was born between the 50s and the 60s and um, mid-50s, 60s. We're called baby boomers and now the next generation, is the X generation, then the Y generation. The baby boomers control the world at the moment, our age group. We control all the finance, all the military power, all the political power. But in another 10 years, we will not be on. We will not be in control of the world. The next generation will be. And to be a success means you have to raise up a successor. You have what you have. You must know how to pass it on to the next generation, And they may take it and they may go further than you. and they may go further than us. I'm not a success until I have got someone to take over and take the map the and he will run it with the next generation, who will pass on to the following generation. And so, you know. Thank God Nehemiah didn't walk off the job halfway through. But so many Christians and so many churches have walked off the job. God wanted to do something great 30 years ago. He wanted to build his house. He wants to touch this nation. But so much in-house squabbling and hidden agendas. And, and I want to do my thing, and I want to do my thing, and I want to do that thing. And God says, but who will listen to my thing? I want to do my thing. I want to build my church and extend my kingdom. I'm not here to build your ministry. I'm not here to build your agenda. I'm here to build. And so Nehemiah was there to build God's thing. And he didn't walk off the job halfway through. He didn't, you know what? You are not the first Kapahaka group that God has wanted to use in Hastings, and this Hawke's Bay area. You're not the first Christian Kapahaka group. I mean, there's good Kapahaka groups and then there's anointed Kapahaka groups. There is a difference different spirit, different wairua. You might have Christians in a kapakable group, but that doesn't mean it's a kingdom group. Uh, Anyway, uh, so you're not the first, but you've got to make sure you're the last day. (laughs) This (laughs) is why somebody else. So don't walk off the job. I say to our church all the time, we're not the first choice, you know. We're not the first choice. There are others that have come before us, and before our time, and some of them have walked off the job, and some of them haven't. But many have. And God's looking it up. In our time in history, we're not to walk off the job. We're to do our mahi. We're to focus on God's agenda. And, uh, you know, people say, but what do you mean you the boss? God loves us all. Yeah, who made you the boss? <laughs> I got to understand this. Positions, our, our, all of us positionally before God, in our position before God, we're all equal. Amen? There's no one higher. It doesn't matter whether you're an apostle or, or, or just a brand new Christian. Your position before God is equal. We're, all, we're equal in the sight of God and the sight of all men. There's no no uh, uh, no contesting there. Okay, but function function the function before God is different. The function before God is different. It's like in an army. You're all on the same side. You're all from the same country. You're a Mori battalion, yeah. But your function is different. Yeah? It doesn't mean that the private can get up there and put on the general's hat, because <laughs> your function is different, and you've got to understand a kingdom, a kingdom, the kingdom army. That the func- you must recognize the function, the order of God authority. And He appoints first an apostle, a prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, the teacher. And I understand function. I am a man under authority, therefore I have authority. The centurion understood kingdom. He says, I am a man under authority. And, but I also have authority. I have authority because I know how to line myself under authority. And so, uh, God's uh, teams have walked off the job because they haven't understood the position of a, the function of authority. They say, "But I, I don't have to do this. I'll do what you tell me." But it's your position. You've got confused with your position before God and your function before God. Your position before God? Yes, we are all equal, but our function before God? No, we're not all equal. <laughs> And, and so we've had to train our team and, and help them understand that when they come out on outreach with me, for instance, and I'm not a pirate I don't have to do this, do this, uh, it's, and not, it's not the, that's not where I'm coming from, don't hear what I'm not saying. But when I go on outreach by myself, I have no problems. I am the team. <laughs> I have total unity. There's <laughs> no rubber, rubber going on, and, oh, you're to carry the bags, or, Can you do the tickets, whatever. <laughs> I'm in total, I'm one mind, one heart, one voice. <laughs> so when I come to minister, tarpoy, the anointing flows powerfully. But when I started taking teams out and, uh, and there's a break in the chain of unity and there's one or two with an attitude, it affects the whole team. It affects my anointing because God commands blessing with His unity. One mind, one heart. One, but we're all one place but we've got to be one accord too. And on the day of Pentecost, they weren't just one place. It's the one accord. Just because you're in the same room together doesn't mean you're one accord. And that's a bit of a, and that's where God deals with us and says, hey, listen, it's not your agenda. You use your gift and bring it to serve the wider the, the, the wider group of the group and of the house. And that the, the, the church is not here to build your ministry, you're here to build the church. With your ministry, your ministry is a tool that you serve your house with, and and if you make your house successful, God says I will make you successful. If you use your ministry to make others successful, I will make you a success. Who's heard of Mother Teresa? She's one of my heroes. Yeah, she's an amazing woman in India. She's with the God now, and uh, and and she poured out her life to the uh, the the slum dwellers, the the, the Poor in Calcutta in India, actually. Just gave her life for her. She said, she says, everyone I treat is is Jesus. And she used her gift to serve people. Not not herself. She served others. She didn't look for a name. She went to serve others. She said, if they're going to die, at least they will die in my presence with dignity and love. What a woman. Well, she didn't look for a name, but as she served, used her gift to serve, her gift lifted up, God used her and, and uh, lifted her name, lifted her name, honoured her name. and that's the, that's the principle of the kingdom. As you use your gift to serve to make others successful, you watch, God will lift your name. God will lift your name. Yeah? You can do so much marketing, and that's okay to a degree, but it's only as you serve that God will lift your name. So if we humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God, He says, I will exalt you. But if we try to exalt ourselves with our own agendas, He says, I will humble you. And so. How do you find God's God co up? It's quite easy. I, I've been me and Jess. I've been in City for 19 years now. In 19 years, we've seen 20 churches start and close. 20 churches. All the pastors say God sent them, and some of them he did. But they walked off the job, and uh, we're not going to walk off the job by the grace. We're not going to walk off the job. up around another. William Williams before that, uh, uh, many of our prophets, you know, they did their, their mahi and their time in history. But what about us? It's our time in history. We can't look back at the great things they did. We've got to look at what we've got to build on what they started. Good. And too many of them you know, have walked off the job. Too many agendas. You know what it's like, Māori politics, look what's happening. All that all that money going around, who's going to get it? It's like what? Who's going to get it? Where's it going to go? Is it going to help benefit the social, economic, and spiritual welfare of our people? Or is it, anyway, all that to say, God blesses unity. And so I say, my team, you must be totally united, one mind, one heart, one voice. You can have your opinion, but don't you lift your opinion above wisdom or unity. If your wisdom, if your opinion is, is going to break the unity, it's not wisdom. It's not wisdom from above, because wisdom from above, James says, is peaceful, it's pure, it's good fruit. Wisdom from below brings contention and strife. You can have your opinion, but don't you exalt your opinion about wisdom or unity. Because we want to keep the, we want to keep the circle. And so when we go overseas, my, my, my team, we walk in total unity. We're always looking out for one another, serving one another. Not just up here doing the haka, doing the waita, but off stage. Uh, my team, they have to do three, thing, three good things to help one of the team members a day. Three things that they do something for one of the team members. Three three times a day, opening doors, lifting someone else's bag, let them have the best, the best bed, the best money, you know, Think of others. And when you're so busy thinking about others, you that about yourself, and the harmony flows. It's awesome. When you have harmony, you have uh, divine order, you have divine harmony. Mm. God's God at the God of the underdog. Many are called, few are chosen. Here's a cool scripture. Genesis 38, verse 27. There's a woman called Tamar. She's about to give birth. She's got twins in her belly. She's about to give birth. And so, while she was in labor, one of the babies reached out his hand. Imagine that. You do the head comes first. You know, There's a problem his hand. And the midwife wrapped a rat scarlet rope around it. And then, this is true story, then the baby pulled his hand back in. And the other twin came out instead. And she said, How did you break through first? This is what it says here. In uh, Genesis 38, Um, uh, verse 29 but when he pulled back his hand out came his brother what the midwife exclaimed how did you break out first 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 first? Mm. wakatoa has broken out on the east coast the place that sees the dawning of a new day taerathete the rising the sun that sees the dawning of a new day in the natural but also, I believe, in the Spirit. You're on the East too. The dawning of a new day comes to the East. How did you break out first? Because we ordained, we've been destined of God to break out first. And I want to go right back, pre-European, to Tangata Whenua. Who came to the land first? See, God has a way of revisiting that which he started. How did you break out first? if God's people, if we are God's people in Christ, cannot break out first, what hope is there for our people? What hope is there? What a hope is there? atua, First into God and then into man. And we must break out first. We must break out of our dysfunction and out of our and out of our poverty and out of our, uh, our victim mentality and our welfare dependency. We've got to break out of that. Break out of that. Break out of that. And I will say, how did you break up? God to God, the underdog. How are we going to do it? Find out God's co papa I've been in Gizzi 19 years. And I've, I had a plan. I was going to go up to Ruatoria and, and get those uh, rascals. Rascals, rascals. <laughs> <laughs> Start burning the churches and Mariah. Yeah. I'm going to be that God. I'm going to do this. So I got to Pai Rafferty he, he, to sit down. So I sat down. He says, listen, you can live for your vision and your dream and your plan and fail. He might fulfill it. But he said, well, you can listen to my vision, my dream, and my plan, and succeed. Because mine will come to pass. So I I resigned my vision. So well, what is your vision? What is your dream? He said, see these people? And I saw kids walking up this screen. So my plan for them is for good, not evil. To give them a hope for the future. I wept, wept, wept. And he says, I love these people. I love my people. I love my people. This is my dream. This is my plan. This is this is uh, my vision. You yield to this. And so I've yielded to that for 19 years for the people. My plan is for good, not evil, to give you a hope in the and a future. Then you've got to break that down. You've got to break that down out of the spirit realm, into the social and the economic, into the parenting, into the uh, into uh, into the, the health, into the uh, cultural uh, reconciliation, and and all areas. You've got to break that down and. In the terms of, of, uh, of a better future, a better hope, uh, in reality, no longer on the dole anymore, but helping entrepreneurs to rise, helping businessmen to rise, helping uh, Maori arts to rise, helping breaking the yoke of, of social injustice, and, and infiltrating politics and local politics, and being an influence for good, and changing the system to be more equitable than what the present system is. Mm. It's, it's, it's a big big money. <laughs> and we can't do it by ourselves. We need you and you can't do it by yourself. you need us and all of another nations we need one another. And God is doing it <laughs> breathing across the nation in the valley of Ezekiel, he saw bones coming together. He heard a sound of bones coming together. There has to be a connecting for the body of Christ, for the army of God, there has to be a connecting. There has to be a moving together. None of this ecumenical man's unity, but the unity of God, the heart-to-heart. The it's not denominational, it's, it's relational. And so there's a coming together. There's a moving of bones. There's a moving together of kingdom churches, I call them, kingdom Christians. Not not Christian Christians, who are just building their little church, and they have little four walls, and doing yeah. young little happy, clappy things, and everyone's going to hell out, like, oh, too bad, we're having a good time. We're here for God, here for the health, but the health is here for the people. The health is here for our cities and our nation. And if there's dysfunction in, my, in our house, then we'll, we'll, we're no good for the nation. Dysfunctional households produce dysfunctional children, which are the problem of a dysfunctional society. The health of God, judgment starts in the health. Right? And when we are functional, operating as we should, as a health of God, then we'll produce functional children that bring... Function to the dysfunction of our city, and, and order to the disorder of our city. Not in a religious sort of, you know, making, trying to make everyone a Christian, ramming the Bible down their throat, but in the in the terms that help the people be the friend of the sinner, love the terror of the sinner. Here <laughs> they come again. Oh, shame when the sinners see us coming. Oh, here even the mongrel mob goes, yeah, seek sneaky, H O B. The mongrel mob loves a breakthrough. because they feed their poor. We bury their people. We look after their kids. I hate what they do. They don't know how much I hate what they do. I might be working covertly with them, but yeah, I'm out there to destroy to, Not them, to destroy the spirit that controls them. But love the people that are being held by the spirit. Uh, and befriend the sinner. Befriend the sinner. Befriend the sinner. Uh, God's to god of the underdog. He's a god of the underdog. And, and so as you focus on God's plan, and it's, you'd be a, a ministry that's going to serve this house, serve your apostle, and um, it doesn't mean you're yes man, yes man, yes man. Uh, it, it, means, it means being real, but within the confines of you know, what, what God's allowing you to do in this in this haki. Because God will open the door for you, don't worry. And so, is it, how did you come out for us? How did you break through for God's the God of the underdog. Now, I want to talk about these two babies that were birthed. It talks about the birthing of a new thing, and I think it's appropriate for this group. You're in the birthing stages. You're in the birthing stages. Okay. Uh, the conceiving stage is wonderful. You know, making babies is much more fun than having babies, and all the women said. All right. <laughs> yeah, and all the men said. Mm. Oh, Amen. They come on, guys. These are more fun making them, ever. But so the vision of where you can go, the the vision of what you can be, the, the vision of the future. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah, man, you get taken to the third heaven. And, oh, it's awesome. But then the birthing forth of that, the carrying of that vision, the carrying of that dream. You know what it's like? There's, oh, i stretching. A bit off balance. Oh, there's some pain here. Don't walk off the job halfway through. Just because there's pain and stretching and uncomfortability, just because there's unfamiliarity coming to you, it doesn't mean something's wrong. You're carrying something. You're carrying something. And when it bursts, man, there's blood and guts. Then, make it stop! do so walk off the job. do so walk off the job. God is bursting something in this church. And because it's birthing in the church, it's been birthed in every individual member of the house, and it's been birthed in every ministry in this church. So there is a birthing for, there's blood and gut, and there's a bit of pain and a bit of shaking Don't walk off the job because you're in the birthing time. And then once it pops out, whoo-hoo, that's what it says. So what's going to pop out? What's going to pop out here? First, first one popped out. The two babies represent two peoples, two groups of people, two different mindsets to life. One is an optimist, one is a pessimist. One sees half, the glass half full, the other one sees now it's half empty. <laughs> one is a negative spirit, one is a positive spirit. When I'm born again, of the, you're born again of the spirit you, spirit, you become a different spirit. You become a different spirit. You've got to be their second baby. How did you bake out first? Because i got a different spirit. Because this first baby put his hand up and goes, oh, it's cold out there phew, unfamiliar out there, nice and warm in this room, nice and familiar, nice and comfortable. I'm staying here. And he withdrew back to the familiar, comfortable. The other fella, oh I'll go through it. He said I'll get out of this, I'll step out of the comfortable, I'll step out of the unfamiliar, I'll go through it. He didn't follow me, he said I'll go through it. Will you be that group, will you be that people? I'll go through it. Yeah. yeah. God's the God, he's the underdog. Because the other one, he, he withdrew. Other groups have withdrawn. Other Christians have withdrawn. It's nice and comfortable here. If you want to break forth and break through and do what has never been done before, you've got to stop doing what you've always done before. If yeah. <laughs> so you just keep on doing the same thing you've always done, you'll always be in the same place you've always been. And as a, as a Kapa Haka group for God, and in this house and in this nation, if you want to go beyond where any other group has ever been, you've got to go beyond where any other group has been. You've got to think beyond what you've ever, ever thought before it's huge. So what's involved? Sacrifice. 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 Sacrifice is the payment. Sacrifice is the payment. If you're willing to pay, this uncomfortableness. Willing to pay being in the place of the unfamiliar. For no wonder God said to Joshua, you have not walked this way before. You have not walked this way before. There will be no marker posts to guide you. We can be there to and you, but we can't guide where God is leading you. Only God can. You can look back and see where you have been, in retrospect, oh, that was God, that was God, but you look forward, and there's no road. <laughs> there's just a, dead, a red sea. <laughs> there's a desert in Egypt and a sea. Desert sea. Or the wilderness and the Jordan River and flood. The Jordan the wilderness and the Jordan River and flood. <laughs> ah, which way are you going to go? Well, the first generation Moses, they went back. The second generation says, well, we're going forward. I don't know how, but so we're going forward. Are you there, people? God's the God of the underdog. God's the God of the underdog. And so, you imagine the incredible joy of life if you stayed in your mother's womb, you would have missed. <laughs> i am stay in my mother's womb. Imagine the people you would have missed out on meeting. The joy of life you would have missed out on staying in my mother's womb. I mean, how stupid is that? The Kaimawana you would not have eaten. Because you stayed in your mother's womb. The destiny you would have missed because you stayed in the mother's womb. Don't stay in the womb of what God is doing here. Don't stay in the comfortableness and the familiarity of what he is starting. Be willing to make the sacrifice to step out. To step out. Amen? Excuse me. I'll pop up here. Um, and so this baby... It was just like that. The first was unwilling to pay the sacrifice of being uncomfortable. Exodus 34, 19a, the first offspring from every womb belongs to me, says the Lord, the first offspring. Well, this fellow had a destiny, ordained of God, but he gave it up, gave it up, and the other fellow came out first. How did you come out? How did you break through first? How did you break through first? Because God's the God of the underdog, that's why. In my early years, uh, many people broke through well before I did, particularly my old mate. Academically, they're much smarter than me. Got school C. <laughs> uh, my report says uh one, one such mess. I, I came fifth, the class average was 40-something. Uh, I was nowhere near, I was five. And, uh, and I was 16 out of 17 and the number 17, he wasn't there that day, he was sick. <laughs> and academically, I just wasn't there. It wasn't in there, I was dumb, I just wasn't there. My the school reports have, he, he, he seems to be trying, but he's getting nowhere. Because I wasn't interested in math or English or social studies. I was drawing health, knew and knew and I motorcycles. I had my mind elsewhere. I did, and so academically, um, I didn't do well. Morally and emotionally. I was in the courthouse every month. I was my my, my war I lined up with all my sons. It was for me it was a, it was a sense of pride. It was wow, well, I'm doing something negative about it and my war was aligned with the summons and, and, and so morally, uh, and, and emotionally I was a mess. My mates, they were, yeah, They they had it together, they were getting married and they were doing things in life, but uh, financially they had they bought houses. and um, yeah, they had financial strategies. And they, they saved their money. They invested their money, you not know I me, mean? on the party, send the doping. So financially, I was the least likely to succeed. Isn't it funny that the most likely to succeed in life often fails, and the most like, least likely to succeed in life often oh, break through? Well, I was the most least likely to succeed in life. Even my poor dad, before he died, he said to mum about my brothers and me. My sister, he said, uh, <coughs> "Sure, there's, uh, for, for, uh, there's hope for for Ross. There's hope for Madam There's hope, but we've lost more." Please, so he said about me, "We lost him. We lost him. He died of a heart attack. He had several heart attacks and he told me that the heart attacks were a result of the stress. And he wasn't a fat man, or and it was stress-related cholesterol builder. And he, and uh, he died because of the stress I, I, I put him through. The life I lived, he just loved me so much, but I put him through pretty much stress. One day he bailed me out of, the jail, went, jail, bailed me out of jail one night and he driving home in the car. And he has a heart attack while he's driving the car. I had to grab the steering wheel and pull the car over to the side. And he's banging his chest. He don't you tell your mother. Don't okay. you So I saw first hand the effect of my life, the stress I'd caused him on my dad. And uh, he came to, it didn't kill him. That one didn't kill him, but it wasn't. It was a few months later he died before I got to apologise to him, before I got to say sorry, before I got to say how much I really love and appreciate it, I'm sorry for such a little ho-ha. And uh, he died before I could do that. He died, he was only 51. And and so before he died, he said to Mum, he says, Mom's lost him, we lost him. And I've lost myself. And yet several now of my old mates who are far more academic and far more successful and far more moral than me in our childhood, teenage years, their marriages are broken up, uh, divorced, living very average lives, some way below potential, and some of their children are on drugs, walking the streets. The most likely to succeed, didn't it? And I, the most likely to not succeed. My marriage—we married 31 years. Yeah. Yeah. We only lasted 10 months. Until we got married. We wanted a divorce. <laughs> 31 years. Eight Mokopuna. Our kids are in the house loving God, serving God, successful. Our mukkapuna, they cry if they can't go to church. <laughs> I tried because I had to go to church But <laughs> I was a church. No, 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 I'm not a dumb church. My mokapuna cry if they can't go to the house uh, academically, morally, emotionally. God has restored me. How did that happen? Because God's the God of the underdog. He's a God of the underdog. And because I did put my hand out, and I said, no, I don't like that. But God gave me another spirit. He says, you know, you, you go where other brothers have a wrong. You're destined to break through for others. Because if you break through, your brothers can follow you. And so that, that's not that they're weak or unwilling, it's just they don't know how. So what will you do with your life and your time in history? Break through for them. Encourage them. You've got to break through for them. You've got to break through for other groups. You've got to break through what i thought always broken through for you. To make a way to show you, like, hey, this is what we're doing kaha, 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 oh Come on, let's rise up together in Christ. This nation is waiting for us. Um, I hope this is helping somebody. So uh, in closing, Genesis 38, 28. While she was in labour, one of the babies reached out his hand. The midwife grabbed it, tied it, a scarlet string around the wrist, announcing this one came out first, but then pulled back his hand. This one came out first but pulled back his head. How did the other fella break through first? Well, because he was willing to make a sacrifice and go where the other brother wasn't willing to go. He was willing to lead the comfortable familiar. You've got to be willing to lead the comfortable familiar. Nothing will ever be right. Just when you think you've got the, hello, is that my time up? <laughs> Uh, uh, uh. do I even need this mm. hello hello doo, doo, doo. hello Patrick gone okay I just yeah because I don't need it anyway ah uh, uh, oh you got the anointing. you got the touch I had to bring help the other fellow pulled back his hand. Yeah, nothing will ever be right. What we've got, everything's right. Harmonies are right. Right people in the right places. We're full now. And now. Then something changes. Oh, man. Well, then a new challenge comes. Oh, man. And then it'll come right again. And then something else changes. Oh, man. You'll find that you're the place of the uncomfortable. The place of the unfamiliar. If you always want to be breaking through going forward, you don't just visit that place once in a while. You live there. You live in the place of the uncomfortable. You live in the place of the unfamiliar. Oh me, get used to it. That's where Jesus lived. That's called living on the edge. That's called living on the edge. And the first generation under the didn't want to live on the edge. They want to go back to the leaf and the watermelons, but also to the social injustice and the slavery. They talk about all the bad stuff, but the Joshua generation says, No, nah, we don't want that to We don't want our fathers had. We're breaking up beyond that. And they were willing to be in the, live in the realm of the uncomfortable and the unfamiliar territory until they broke through the Jordan and took the land. That's how they broke through. Yeah. It's not a place you visit. it's a place you live. This is where Jesus lived. Do you think his days were comfortable? For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Yeah. He, he knew he was going to, he knew Judas was going to betray him. He knew those hands, those people he had healed, were going to nail him to a cross. I don't know how you, I don't know, I don't know. I wouldn't be able to handle that. Knowing my best friends are going to betray me in the garden. I, don't know, I wouldn't be able to handle that. Far out, man. Depression. Every day was not comfortable for Jesus. Every day was not familiar territory. He came from heaven. Heaven's familiar, comfortable. He made a sacrifice for you and for me. He lived in that place. Yeah? And so, he says, No, my hiding life, you want to follow me? Come on. Come on. Luke 9, 20, 23. And 23. And deny yourself. And take up your cross. And daily, not once, not daily, stay in this place. do visit it. And follow me. If you find your life, you're going to lose what, what I've got for you. But if you lose this life, your life for yourself and this for me and my kingdom. You're going to find what you were born for. Now my heart and mind. Right, oh, I'm, right. well, I'm a follower of Jesus, Pastor, are you? When he leads you through the valley of the shadow of death, which way do you go? <laughs> when he leads you through the, through the time of refining, where do you go? Boy, I ain't following you. Don't tell me you're a follower. Yeah, a follower. You live there. And if you live there, you get used to it. It's never comfortable, but you get used to it. Don't, don't be darling. That's what sort of used to. It. Well, we're over it. it or, the church being perfect, not being perfect. We're over it. our groups not being perfect. We're over it. our leaders not doing stupid things sometimes. We are human. We make mistakes and new challenges have come where we have to rise to a higher level. And it is not comfortable. And it is not familiar at times. But heck, amen. At least we're moving forward and breaking through under the under heaven. At least we're paying the sacrifice. And we look back and we're far. Look where we have been to where we are now. At least we're doing something that has never been done before in our time in history. That's why we call ourselves health and bakery. And so this fella pulled his hand back, but this other fella put his hand out. And so, in closing, uh, I'll leave you with this that you are in birthing, you're in transition, and you're in birthing. Don't walk off the job. Eh, don't say, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get out of here. I'm, I'm more comfortable out of it. <laughs> well, You might be comfortable out of it, but you'll never accomplish your destiny in God. Never. Rather die uncomfortable accomplishing something for God than living in the comfortable realm, never having accomplished the destiny God had created you for. Beyond the cutting edge, like Perez, he chose to adopt a lifestyle of breaking through. And I believe that little boy from from the start, that's how he was birthed into the world, and he'd be the fellow breakthrough everywhere. He'd go where others never been before. He'd go where others didn't want to go before. Hallelujah. Jesus said in his final scripture, whoever put the hand to the flower and looks back, not fit for the kingdom. You can't can't run with me. Because I'm not going back, I'm going forward. Don't look back to where God was. Look to where he is. (laughs) He's moving every day. eh? Looking back, it's good back for so, regarding your personal relationship with God, are you breaking? Are you comfortable? Are you are you familiar? Your personal relationship with God, your prayer time, you're reading the Word of God every day. Are you doing that? Uh, spending time with God every day. Are you doing that? Oh, too busy, Pastor. Too busy. Uh, I've got work too really, I've got time to have to cut again. Now, on the way there. Oh God, I like a God's not your sugar daddy. <laughs> you just sit on the shopping list you think that's cut here uh, If I only talk to my wife and I need something, hey what? Coffee. Hey what? Kite. Another thing, Hey what? This, this, that. That's not a relationship. And so many Christians treat God like that. Hey God, this. Hey God, that. Hey bless me. Bless my children. Bless me. Bless, bless, bless. bless. Sunday we get, oh, you're so good, God. You're not going to have much of a relationship like that. I've got to spend time with my mother. I love to spend time same with God, relationship. So where's your relationship with God? I haven't got time after. Yeah, that's the sacrifice i are talking about. That's the unfamiliar and the uncomfortable realm where God is. If you want to break through, you've got to pay the uncomfortableness. Oh, I've got to start working. You're up early. Uh, <laughs> Make time for God. He made time for you. Make time for God. You might not be able to do it every morning, but at least every second morning or every third morning. Make it a time when you're going to sacrifice sleep to spend time with your God and not give him your shopping. (laughs) Where are you in your personal relationship with God? Pay the sacrifice. Number two, where are you personal uh, 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 regarding uh, your thought patterns, your emotional... Are you paying the price? I talked to a pastor recently and uh, he's having a problem with a woman that flies off the handle all the time in the the church. just flies off the handle for no no reason. Really good one day and like a little child. I said, you've got to deal with this woman, she has never grown up emotionally. You're dealing with a a grown woman, a 40 year old woman in a woman's body with the emotional maturity of a 9 year old. The emotional maturity of a nine year old. She has never matured emotionally. And she lives emotionally. And until she submits that area of her life to Christ and responds the way God's called her to respond, she will always stay a stunted Christian. Love for God, but she'll never reach her, her destiny. She'll never fulfill it. And she'll be a source of dishonour to God. And I said out there, don't you be a. a, a, a don't you be a, a stunted in your growth because you're not willing to grow up emotionally, you know? Don't let this group be stunted in its growth because somebody won't grow up emotionally. They keep flying off the handle because they don't get their little way. Or they are, they're doing a little patty. you <laughs> be my way! God, get over it! Fuck it up! You're living for God, not yourself? Get over it. So emotionally, mentally, where are you with God? Is there a sacrifice you might have to make to bring under the control of God? This is why it, God? I will respond the way he wants. I will think on the things I should think on, not on the things I want to think on. Whatever is good, whatever is pure, whatever is in a good report, Paul says in forth. 4, think on these things. Think, see, what is in your mind is what gets into your heart is what becomes your behavior. What gets into your mind, gets into your heart, becomes your behavior. And if people are misbehaving all the time, It's what's on their heart, and what's on their hands, what what's on their head. Let this mind be anew that was in Christ, who esteemed himself. Though he, though he was God, he did not esteem himself. Evil was God, he humbled himself, and became a servant. Let that be your mind. I am crap. <laughs> I'm disturbed. God is everything. <coughs> I am crap. I'm know, I'm a spirit of me, the spirit of God. So you keep yourself, you know, not in a place of inferiority, but a place of who you are before God. I need him. He don't need me. And you keep yourself humble before God. Humility before God, not me. Keep yourself humble before God. Uh, in closing. Oh, I think I'll leave it there. Uh, in the house. Where are you? You're serving the house. You're using the house to build your ministry. Are you using the group to build your ministry? Are you using the church to build your ministry? Don't ask what the church can do for you, you ask what can I do for the church. Don't ask what your group can do for you, what can I do for my group. Okay, President Kennedy, don't ask what your country can do for you, you ask what can I do for my country. I believe Christians really need Jesus is here. You ask what you can do for me and my kingdom. Thank you Father. Amen. 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 So, oh, I'd like to open it up. Oh, yep. Any, any questions? Is it time to cry? Any thoughts after this you wanted to share? This is my darling wife, Jeff.
1: I just this morning about that is don't allow the cause to, to and become like an idolatry. Yeah. Be very careful that you keep it in his hands. That it's something that he he, is, he, he sees as passing. It's special, it's, it's, it's amazing and he he honours you and he honours what you have and he wants you to do that. But you can easily turn it into something that is very common, that is ignored, because of it becomes more important than what God wants to do through for you. you so it's just something to be reminded of, because it's really easy to pick up our cause and want to fight for it, and before we know it, we're off, but we have forgotten to hear the blessed God in it. anything and that the way through is going to be easier. Without God, it's just going to be a peace. It's going to turn into a turmoil and there's going to be no peace. And Jesus is the king. And he's the, he's the God of restoration and reconciliation. And, uh, and you might know. different people look well, at you and I say, Well, who are you to say that? Well, oh, I've got more than me. So I don't know what I'm allowed to say this I a, a, a that I don't look like it because you're
0: a little I have that heart in me and I had a little bit of that blood inside of not
1: me. Talking. So I love what you are and who you are and what and I feel powerful. And I just I love you and I love what you're doing here. I think it's awesome, and, you know, we just a guy to get to know you better and better. But that's what the Lord said to me this
0: morning. And so may it bless you, and may it bring comfort to you, and keep you in a good place. <laughs> when we started Waka Toa, our Kabahaka. I had a very clear picture of a waka going to the gliding through the mist. Beautiful. It wasn't tūhoi either, it was a bit of a, bit of a bit. But part of But parma tū, it was order, order you eat. And uh, it, had a, it was made of white leather, And it had, Christ was in the middle of it, like a warrior with his fire. He said, the kāi whakauhi, I'm just one. The fire. And and the influence was not Maori culture, was heaven's culture. Yes. Earth submits to heaven, heaven does not submit to earth. And so I saw that he said you must allow our Maori culture to have its free expression in me, the one I for whom Thank I created Tanae. He you know, says, but if you lift the culture above heaven's culture, and this is what I, I saw the begin to turn grey, then black and yeah. pitch. And the warriors fell out. Yeah. And that's what happened in our locker when we did that. And we lost some of our prize warriors, some of our ex radicals and so forth. And they had spent eleven years in the wilderness and they are just some of them that just starting to come back now. And they have come back and apologised because they kissed the waka. Because they didn't let Jesus be declared waka highly. And, and so we've learnt on that. And there's not many of God to restrict our culture. And he wants to allow it to have free expression. He created it. Yeah, he made it. But he says to sing the praises of my God and my Father. It's not your God, your Father, and my God. And so that's why uh, this is the one see, our older brothers, broken come out first. But the us. The ones born of the Spirit of God that are breaking up. You know before Cook came to the law our people already knew God. They already, already knew the living God. They knew you who was Jehovah. Now the priests of Eeyore, they, they worshipped the living God. Mm-hmm. They did. But they did not know his son. And they did not know the way to God because Jesus, I am the way, the truth to God. You can't come to him but through me. And uh, uh, Poroa was a, a prophet in Mahia. I don't know if you, many you know this, incredible history. He was a prophet in Mahia uh, Peninsula and he, and he prophesied the coming of the white man. He prophesied this. He said he, he saw a fair-skinned people coming to this land. Uh, Atua people, like God, the skin of white people, like the God people. And and he, he said, that, and they will bring the name of their God. He prophesied the birth of the Koti. And what happened came to pass. He also prophesied the coming of this white, fair-skinned people. He says, they will, bring, they will bring their God with them. And the name of the God will be Sama uh, son who was killed. And he, he is the true God. And then three years later Kut arrived and years later Kuti and and then of course they brought the gospel of Jesus Christ. They brought the gospel, the martyr, and so forth. They brought the gospel. The gospel spread to Okay, There was revival in Maolidom. The first revival in this nation was once Maolid. She signed, and that's why they signed the, the, the treaty, because they thought it was the Kalamata Covenant, and so their hearts were pure, and, uh, but they didn't understand that the, the colonial injustice, and you know, what well, that, you know, what well, that went on, uh, However, having said all that, it was God's plan to bring, yeah. But I think what happened was that the colonialists preached the gospel, and they also preached colonialism, and intermingle colonialism amongst our people, and make them and have to become like us. They preach their culture as much as the gospel. You have to become like a Pakeha in order to become a Christian, and bound up the whole. You can't speak Māori, kill the language, and as a result, many of our people have a bitter taste in the mouth towards Christianity because the gospel was preached, but also their culture was enforced. And this is a new day. Yes. This is a new day, we've got to wake up and shake the shackles. Yeah. We don't want to follow in or want to under God first and much. like So there's a whole lot of deal, you know, with the group, you've got to look at the treaty, you've got to understand the treaty issues, where yeah. we stand with the treaty, how we deal with that. Rado, rado. Uh, we've had to take our group through the Hauwananga and get rid of the mamai within and learn how to see this whole thing from God's perspective because we are the ministers of reconciliation, but if we don't have reconciliation in our hearts between you know, the past and the present and Māori and Pākehā, what voice are we to our nation? What a yeah. voice are we? Yeah. So, so there's a lot a lot of māhi to do and we're willing to come down here and help you fellas and, yeah. and talk about things that are deeper level.